the thermography is picking up the heat. So once it's in the heat stages, it's, it can't be picked up by anatomical studies. And again, it could be eight to 10 years before it becomes something that can be seen and then it can be treated. So we see that across the board in the medical system. And there's a lot of great doctors out there, but you know, their hands are tied because of the insurance companies or whatever, but it's all based on treatment. Our system is based on treatment. It's not based on prevention. Thermography is prevention. Welcome to the Root of Our Health podcast, a holistic health and wellness podcast for women over 40. I am your host, Elizabeth DiCristofano, a functional medicine health coach, and each week I will provide bite-sized tips, knowledge, and insights, along with experts and thought leaders, so we can all learn how to get to the root cause of our health as we dance into the second half of our lives. Please keep in mind, this podcast is for educational purpose only and should never be used as a replacement for any medical diagnosis or treatment. Thank you for joining me. Now let's dig in. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of Our Health. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for showing up and thank you so much for being you. I am so excited about this episode. I had the privilege to sit down with Patricia Bowden-Lucardi, who has a wealth of knowledge in thermography for health, specifically for breast cancer health. And I want to tell you guys, tell you ladies, that after hearing this episode, you will not want another mammogram. So who is Patricia Bowden-Lucardi? She has been a lifetime student of integrative health and wellness, having studied and taught a variety of natural health modalities and therapies. For over 20 years, she has been teaching and providing private consultations on health protocols customized to her clientele's personal needs. Since 2012, Patricia has focused her expertise on the natural prevention of breast cancer. She is a professional advocate for the promotion of radiation-free thermography. Her public seminars and lectures are designed to educate women about the serious health risks of environmental toxins and endocrine disruptors. Her natural protocols include diet, supplementation, and lifestyle changes have revealed extraordinary results that have been later visibly confirmed by thermographic imaging. Patricia holds licensed certifications in thermographic technology, clinical massage therapy, food as medicine and whole health education, and lifestyle and wellness coaching. Earlier, she was a neuromuscular therapist and breath educator at Canyon Ranch Medical Spa in Lenox, Massachusetts. Patricia had lectured widely to professionals in the medical field and the public, she is also a professional member of Breast Thermography International and the Professional Academy of Clinical Ther- Thermology. She is a published author and with her latest publication being Thermography and the Fibro- Fibrocystic and Dense Breast, a Radiation for Happy Healthy Breasts. 
she, like I said, has a wealth of knowledge and it, and obviously so with all of her background, her credentials, but just her passion in a radiation free breast exam. So in this episode, we talk about what thermography is and why it is vital to our health, why we should avoid mammogram radiation. We also talk about prevention to breast cancer, so this is not usually discussed, what foods we should eat to prevent breast cancer, the potential rise of thermography in breast cancer detection, links between hypothyroidism and breast cancer, and links between our oral hygiene and breast cancer, which we would never have thought of. This and so, so much more, ladies. I, I tell you, this was like one of the best episodes, um, you know, basically with the wealth of knowledge, with understanding thermography, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. But before we get into this episode, I want to tell you that I have partnered with the Raza Beauty Skin Care and Makeup. I talk a lot about toxic products, and yes, even in this episode, and it's not just what we put in our bodies, but what we put on our bodies that count as well. Odds are you are currently using products that have chemicals you cannot even pronounce. But I'm here to tell you that there is a clean beauty company that actually works. A Raza name comes from the super rare fruit grown in South America. Highly regarded for its nutraceutical properties like high polyphenol, carotenoids, and vitamin C content. It's double that of an orange. It is wild picked from the jungles of Amazon. I mean, sounds so romantic, I know. And it is immediately turned into an extract so that it retains its skin healing properties. So I have been using Araza for many years now, and I have to say the way it feels on my skin, and not only that, the way it looks is amazing. It is so lightweight, great coverage, and yes, anti-aging as well. I love the coconut cream foundation and the translucent eyeshadow. The pigment colors are beautiful and are long-lasting. Now that the mask mandates are lifted, show those lips off that have been hiding under there and use their rejuvenating coconut lip color with all natural ingredients such as organic coconut oil and castor oil, which is also sweetened with stevia and essential oils. I mean, I had never thought makeup can be so clean and yet so beautiful. As if that wasn't enough, for every product that is sold, Araza donates a portion of the profits to organizations that help victims of sex trafficking and domestic violence recover and heal. So how do you get your hands on these products? Which, by the way, you do have an option of trial size and full size. I do love a good try before buy option. Click on the link in the show notes and add the root of our health 15 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Now back to the episode. Welcome, Patricia, to the show, and thank you for being on here. Thank you for having me. Great, great. So I like to start um, our episodes with a rapid-fire question. So five questions just for, my audi- just for my audience to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Are you in? I'm in. Awesome. Let's do this. Okay. So where did you grow up? 
I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Beautiful. It's close to me. <laughs> Where do you live? Now I live in upstate New York. I'm a, uh, we call ourselves a Brooklyn, New York City transplant. Nice. I live in the Hudson Valley, and um, I'm two hours and ten minutes from New York City. Nice. And what, who are your two top mentors? My two top mentors. Um, well, they change periodically, but I think consistently uh, Dr. Mark Hyman because he sort of put functional medicine on the map, and I work with him at Canyon Ranch Medical Spa. And who else would be a mentor? Um, David Avocado Wolf. He's kind of changed over the years, you know. Okay. He's kind of gotten political, but, you know, he's been on the forefront of natural medicine and superfoods, and I like him. Very good. And what are you most passionate about? What am I most passionate about? Well, well, actually, I'm passionate about health, good health, because I like to say that as we age, I'd rather be driving a classic Mercedes than a beat-up Ford Taurus. So it's okay. all about the comfort level as we get older, and we want to be healthy. We don't want to become um, part of the system where we're taking drugs. But I am most passionate about uh, plant-based medicine. And I always say it's the spiritual dimensions of plants in the life force. So the life force in food is my passion. Beautiful. It's a great passion to have, definitely. And last question is, what is your superpower? My superpower? Well, um, considering what we've gone through in the last year, I would say my superpower is my, my consciousness of who I am as a sovereign being. Nice. That's my, it's my consciousness. Great. I love it. I never heard that before. So that's great. So now let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Um, and let's start with your background and why you got into thermography. Okay. Well, you really want to go to my background. I did hair and makeup for um, about nice. 20 years in the city. And we had the most interesting conversation when we were on location and we'd all have to sit for lunches and dinners. And it always ended up in health. We always talk, even colonics or vitamins or this one or that diet. And I've always been interested in that. And um, so anyway, I ended up leaving because I kind of knew my career was coming to the end because I was getting booked for uh, pharmaceutical commercials. And I said, I don't do that. So, you know, I have to draw a line on how I make my money. So I went to school to become a uh, massage therapist, and I got involved in neuromuscular therapy that took me to Canyon Ranch Medical Spa. So I was a breath educator and a neuromuscular therapist for five years, working alongside with Mark Hyman. And I was doing uh, this corrective body work, but it was physically very hard on my body. So I wanted something that I could grow old gracefully in because I had a very strong background in anatomy and physiology. So I did what's called the um, life visioning process. And it was, uh, are you familiar with that, with Michael Beckwith? Yeah, yes, yes. And I just asked those questions, like, what is source or God or whatever you want to call that word for each person? What is it, what is it coming through as my life? What's, yeah. tr- what's seeking to emerge through me? And honestly, Elizabeth, I did that for almost a year. And one day, I just thought I was going to do something. I just drove into the bank and got a loan and bought a franchise and bought a thermography business. And, wow. and that's what I'm doing. Wow. Came, so, as a, came as a higher power, came through a higher teaching. There you go. 
And how long ago was that? Ten years. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So you brought it up. Um, what is thermography and why is it so vital to your health? Oh, my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> it's interesting. We just had our national um, uh, conference a day from Breast Thermography International, so I got a lot. I learned a lot. Um, thermography has been around since 1954, and you know how we have an auric field. We have x-rays and infrared and chakras. We have all this light coming off of our body, but we also have this infrared, so it's heat. Just like those cameras that they're at the airport now, the infrared cameras are all over the world. They've gone from a $20 million business to now over a billion because of COVID. So really, it's just a camera that picks up heat because pathological processes start off as heat. Of course, there could be cold too. So thermography is a camera. It's a very high-tech camera, and it's just registering. It's, it's photographing or catching on the image of, of a woman or a man's heat off the body. So it's um, – can I show that picture now? Just yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yes. Folks, I had to show you this picture. <laughs> Not a PowerPoint, but let's try to do this. <laughs> All right. So that is – yeah. Up there? Yeah, we can see that. Mm -hmm. So the color image is the heat, and they're looking at the bilateral heat differences. And we're one of the few companies that use the grayscale. It looks like a black and white photograph. And what they're looking at is vascular patterns, um, estrogen backup, and we'll talk about that. So that's what it is, and it can detect pathology sometimes, still depending because things grow fast, but on average um, seven, eight, ten years before it's found on con uh, condition conventional screening. Mm. So um, it's not a standalone, but our doctors recommend it with an ultrasound because it's environmentally safe. There's no radiation. Nice. So it is. It's not only safer but more effective yes it has about a 97 percent sensitivity whereas a mammogram has i think about 86 or 88 and um has pretty high sensitivity with an ultrasound also but yeah together with an ultrasound and thermography has a very high sensitivity wow okay it's, it's wonderful for women with dense breasts it's the only way to go for women with dense breasts that is yeah yeah something that i have yeah, a mammogram can't see through dense breasts because mm -hmm. of the density. And I actually wrote a book called Thermography and the Fibrocystic and Dense Breast because nice. it is not normal. 49% of women have dense breasts. Um, and I was seen, I had nine women in two days that came through with dense breasts, over biopsied, over treated, over mammogram. And they know that mammography only has about a 28% sensitivity. So why were these women being asked to do mammograms over and over and over, and they're not letting them have an ultrasound unless they had a mammogram? And I go, wait a minute, I have to write a book on this because there's a there's a pattern here. Yeah. So. Yeah, and why is that? Let's let's ask, let's ask the question. So, uh, you know, I I turned forty, you know, three years ago, and as soon as I turned forty, it was like you better get a mammogram, right? And you know, I, I, we talked off camera or, you know, before recording and I was against the radiation part of it because of what happened to my mom. So I was like, you know, and I didn't know about thermography before. Um, I didn't know there was another alternative way. So I went ahead and I got it and, you know, I'm just kicking myself for doing it, but it's like, 
nobody's talking about thermography. It's all mammograms. So why why should we avoid the medical radiation? Uh, well, radiation is cumulative, and 10 mammograms is equal to standing. Are you ready for this? If you had a glass of wine, I'd say, you know what, take a sip. <laughs> you better take a sip right now. <laughs> equal to standing um, one mile from the epicenter of Hiroshima. Wow. A lot of radiation. And just living near hospitals that have medical radiation that's just coming into the atmosphere. Radiation is radiation is radiation. Yeah. I've had it. I've had several. I've had three women now and there just pushing 40, late 30s that were in Chernobyl as babies. They have thyroid cancer. Radiation is radiation. Yeah. But thermography was covered by insurance until 1986, I think. It's FDA approved. And the mammography lobby came in, and they said, well, this is going to be the gold standard. So now the only thing they're offering women are, <clears throat> are anatomical studies. So once it's found, and it's something they can see and they can x-ray, even if it's tiny, 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 they can still see it because it's now an anatomical structure. Yeah. So then they can treat it. So the way I like to explain thermography is that if you have a, um, an electrical cord, the uh, anatomical studies can look at that cord. They can see if there's any dents or any um, any chips in it or if it's been twisted. They can tell you everything about the cord, but they can't tell you about the electricity going through it. Mm -hmm. So thermography is picking up the heat. So once it's in the heat stages, it's it can't be picked up by anatomical studies. And again, it could be eight to ten years before it becomes something that can be seen and then it can be treated. So we see that across the board in the medical system, and there's a lot of great doctors out there, but, you know, their hands are tied because of the insurance companies or whatever. But it's all based on treatment. Our system is based on treatment. It's not based on prevention. Thermography is prevention. Okay. So say somebody um, comes in, your one of your um, patients come in, and you, they, you see something, you know, going on, and uh, it's not something to be, you know, worried about, but it's something to kind of, like you said, prevent, like to prevent that cancer, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Um, do you offer them um, suggestions to better their lives? So what do you do um, to help prevent getting any worse than it is? Okay, that's, a, that's, I was just asked this question earlier. I did a presentation on it. What I'm seeing as a thermographer it's interesting because they say one out of eight women are going to have breast cancer in their lifetime. So the first few years, I was seeing nothing. I'm like, well, you know, I'm in New York City. People may be a little more into their health. I don't know. Because if they're coming to see me, I'm, a, you know, it seems like they're eating better and they're more on top of their health. So I thought, well, I'm really not seeing that. But as the years went on, I started seeing more and more toxicity on the breast. And mm -hmm. in that gray scale that looked like the black and white picture, yeah. The estrogen dominance, also known as fibrocystic breast, is showing up as mottling or dark spots or classically like leopard spots. So I started seeing more of that. Now, fibrocystic breast, it doesn't have to be lumpy. doesn't have to be what you think of fibrocystic as lumpy because, you know, every woman's going to find a lump in her breast at least once in a lifetime, whether it's, you know, part of her period. But... The foreign estrogens that are coming from plastics, bisphenol A, xenoestrogens, 
they come into our body like estrogen, but they go to the receptor sites and then they stick like Velcro and they're hormone disruptors. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing it in men. We're seeing it in teenagers. And just um, two weeks ago, I had a gentleman that was taking wormwood, which is artemisia, and he was taking it for parasites, but he'd also been taking it in a formula for, um, for his immune building, part of this COVID thing. Well, it's an estrogen-producing plant. So uh -huh. he was covered like a leopard with estrogen dominance. And the, the interpreting doctor wrote back that he had severe estrogen dominance. Wow. So we're seeing it across the board. And men's testosterone levels have been dropping. His, the estrogen levels are up 45%. Sperm count around the world. I just saw something that came through my, my email that it's dropping. And we're living in a sea of estrogen. So I don't know if anybody out there saw that movie, Plastic Ocean. I didn't. I didn't know. It's a documentary. It's like ugh, all the plastics that are in the ocean yeah. break down and they're they actually um, have estrogen in them. So in these estuaries, male frogs are becoming, I mean, male fish are becoming female. Amphibians are getting male, amphibians are getting eggs on their testes. So it's, wow. we're starting to see this. It's, it's a real problem. But the good news is that going back to plant-based medicine, within the broccoli kingdom, within all the cruciferous vegetables, but the broccoli is the queen, we have a love affair. <laughs> Our breasts love these broccoli compounds. And they are, come, they are known as sulforaphane. Mm -hmm. And Johns Hopkins has done so much research on sulforaphane or broccoraphanine. And there's another compound called DIM, D-I-M. And what it does, it goes right to those receptor sites. It takes it out through the phase one, phase two liver pathway. I know it sounds really technical. <laughs> to make sure you get it out of the liver and you want to get it right. And you may that kind of and maybe consider a liver detox too. But in six months, we're seeing incredible results with um, just taking these, these two uh, compounds from broccoli. Now, they found that the broccoli seed has more efficacy than the, than the broccoli sprout. So um, uh, we've been working with my uh, business partner and I, we've been working with a seed grower out of Kentucky, and they send it to Germany and they bring it back in the form of um, these little tablets that are called Bronco mm -hmm. First Response. Or, and, you know, many companies out there are working with a, with a broccoli compound, but it really can take that estrogen off. And, you know, also iodine. If a person doesn't have Hashimoto's iodine, um, if an animal has been kept off of iodine, it's life or it's for, for years or whatever, they can have lumps in their mammary tissue. So mm. we're iodine deficient in this country. That's another thing. So yeah. um, so iodine's great, all the sulforaphanes in the broccoli kingdom. But again, okay. and oh, I just want to say one thing. This is yeah. my blog. This is my blog for Christmas time <laughs> in December. There was a meeting a few years ago of 12,000 doctors wanted to, they approached the FDA to put a label, a warning label on cow cheese against breast cancer. It's a warning because factory farm cheese, if you ever saw how those cows were treated, yeah. it would break your heart. You would never, ever, ever eat another piece of factory farm cheese when you go to whatever Piggly Wiggly or Price Chopper or whatever department store, Wegmans, whatever's out there is um, factory farm cow cheese are filled with hormones, filled and trauma. So if you're not getting it from a pastured cow or a sheep, don't don't do it. And a goat, obviously, right? Yeah, sheep, goat. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I heard so much about, you know, the, the cow, the, the dairy in itself, mm-hmm. just regular dairy, how, you know, how estrogen build and even soy, like not, yeah. not the, t- like there's fermented soy and then there's, you know, non-genetically modified soy, mm-hmm. soy, but I'm talking about the soy that's, you know, genetically yeah. modified. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and not, and not fermented. Exactly. And not fermented. So it's the soy milk that's out there. It's the soy milk that you see next to the cow's milk. All of that is, is estrogen do, uh, dominated. And even it goes in as far as even the chickens, like anything that they feel, feel, um, excuse me, feed, um, like the corn and the, you know, all of that. That's estrogen in, they're getting estrogen in there from eating the chicken. And yeah. You think think you're getting, you know, really great eggs from the farmers, but you see they're giving them soy and corn. Yeah. Try to find the farmer that gives them flax seeds and just goes out and eats. I found one farm upstate New York and, you know, she doesn't have her eggs out very often, but, you know, again, it's, it's, we just have to watch and read labels of what we're putting in our body. Yeah. Especially women who are affected with the breast cancer, you know, that, that have it in their family that can get it. Um, I think we definitely need to be a little bit more cognizant mm. of what we put in our bodies rather than just anything. So, well, you know, there was a <clears throat> study that I had in my, in my book that the way they found the link to breast cancer and plastics was at Duke University, they um, they had breast cancer cells in a test tube, and they started proliferating. And they was like, wow, where is this coming from? Turns out the plastic was leaching. So they did a study that or experiment. They took all these household plastics, Tupperware, saran wrap, plastic forks, and they pulverized it and put it into a little saline solution and put them on breast cancer cells, they proliferated. Wow. And then they did, they found that, I forget the statistics, that the cans, the lining in cans, which Mm. 85% of our cans have these linings that have um, BPA and phthalates in them, and they've done breast cancer or breast uh, tissue, uh, and they found that these BPAs are in, in all women's breast tissue. It's crazy. So at Stanford University, they found that there's enough of those toxins or those estrogens in those cans that proliferated the breast cancer cells. Mm-hmm. So, folks, if you guys or ladies who are ever out there, if you're going to get the things out of a can, like we all love coconut milk, mm-hmm. why else would you get something from a can unless it was maybe tomatoes or beans because who's got time to cook the beans? They do have the ones that say BPA-free. Yeah. Ag- agree. Very. Yeah. Again, yeah, again, look at the labels and even the plastics. Um, if you can go glass yeah. for your containers, mm-hmm. please do. I did that and I never turned back because, I mean, you're heating up, you're heating up the plastics in a microwave. Ah, that's, that's and you're, and you're, and it's leaching on your food. Mm. And it's, and it's caught, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I can't tell you how, how much we can prevent um, on our end, because there are, you know, obviously, you know, environmental factors mm-hmm. that you can't, you know, control. But um, 
you know, I think the the more we could prevent on our own, the better off we'll be. So, well, excuse me, <clears throat> for all you young moms out there, um, maybe you're familiar with Environmental Working Group. Yes. They came around when my children were little. And actually, I think they came out of um, something called Mothers and Others that Meryl Streep was involved with when the hour oh. within the apples back in the, early, in the mid 80s. And anyway, Environmental Working Group came, and to this day, they'll have something called the Dirty Dozen and the Delightful Twelve. So it's something you can put on your refrigerator, and you know when you go grocery shopping that, you know, you can get away with buying lemons if they're not organic because they have such a, a, you know, a heavy peel around them. But consistently, for 20-something years, it is strawberries, bell peppers, and peaches are the most toxic thing you can give a child pound for pound. Strawberries are pure poison. Yes. To this day, my daughter says, I don't even, I can't even eat strawberries anymore because of you. <laughs> you know, you can eat organic it's just, and then still wash them, but yes. So, and you get them in season, you know. Yeah, exactly. Environmental Working Group. EWG.org. Yes, I love that website. I go on, um, and I know we're going a little bit off topic, sorry, but I go on there for um, skincare. Oh, yeah, uh, keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and, and baby and baby toys and baby food and all. Right, everything, everything, everything. I mean, you know, hair products. It's, and I think it all, you know, wasn't really going off topic because I think it all blends into one. Whatever we, it's not just what we put in our mouths. It's what, you know, we put on our skin. Exactly. So, um, but I love that, you know, this thermography, how effective it is. And I mean, do you see, so do you see this kind of blowing up anytime soon or is this, okay, good. They said because of COVID, everybody now, I mean, immediately the cruise ships, the, the government, uh, you can go into certain places and you will see the thermal face. It's like a thermography face. You'll see it. It's like you go through buildings, particularly in, in the state or um, I think general mills. I mean, I forget big companies are using it. We're seeing a little tiny ones where they just put that little fever monitor to our head. Right. But, um, yes. It, more. It's going to be more on the, on people's awareness that it's out there. Okay. But, so you um, think it's going to be a little bit now getting into, the breast cancer world, hopefully? It's going to be, it's going to be, first of all, when someone says, I don't believe in thermography, it, it's, a, it's physics, it's not a belief system. Yeah. Uh, and there's over 800 papers out there that's been around for a long time on the Index Medicus. So it's not a new science. It's been around for a long time. But I think, uh, I think more people are starting to wake up to uh, radiation exposure and more doctors are starting to question. There are, there have been 25 and 30 year studies on mammograms by the Journal of American Medicine and the British Medical Journal. And uh, they found that the harm outweighs the good. And in Switzerland, they don't have uh, mammograms anymore. Nice. So the guidelines were changed to women to get mammograms at the age of 50, but they still keep it at 40. But what's what's a woman to do? I mean, what, what's, what's her screening? Because uh, it's starting to affect the lives of younger women. Yeah. So I would say that every woman from the age of 20 should do thermography just to see the lifetime image of what her breasts look like. Because if nothing else, just see the toxins that are there that show up in those black spots. Yeah. And I like to quote Dr. Patrick Fratellone in New York. He said, well, you wouldn't keep toxins on your kitchen table. Why do you want to keep them on your breast? 
I mean, just see and just get rid of them because you never know when they're going to flip a switch because so much of breast cancer is, is due to estrogens. Now, are these from our own estrogens, from outside of our body? Estrogen is estrogen. Yeah. And we want, to, we want to make sure that it's not sitting in the wrong place and, and they're not the bad estrogens. Yeah. So. Very. I have a, actually a question um, about that, too. So you, you mentioned iodine and you mentioned um, kind of like the uh, broccoli uh, seeds, right? Could you take progesterone to level it out? Okay. Okay. Actually, what was his name? Dr. John Lee. Okay. He was the one who pioneered uh, progesterone cream. Okay. And uh, it comes from yams. You want to make sure it's natural. And it's, you know, you can rub it on. You have to rub it on the uh, areas of the, like, soft tissue under the arms. And you don't want to put it on the abdomen because it can slow down the digestion. But there is a, a great place that I've worked with called the Happy, no, it's called the Healthy Hormone Cottage. Mm. Healthy Hormone Cottage. And I think they're out, and I think they are out of Ohio, and they use something called the dried urine Dutch D-U-T-C-H test, and it's one of the best hormonal tests out there. And um, they can tell a woman, you know, what her, what her, um, you know, where her hormones are at. But progesterone's pretty safe. Uh, iodine, again, what happened in the 60s and 70s when they took it out of the bread, the milk, and um, bread, milk, bread, milk, oh, the salt. They were telling people at that time period to stop having table salt. It had mm-hmm. a little bit of iodine, just enough so someone wouldn't have a goiter, like a thyroid problem. So what happened, it was no longer within our food sources. So 10 years later, they found all the endocrine disorders started dovetailing. So we had breast cancer, thyroid cancer, pancreas cancer, um, uh, pro- prostate cancer, ovarian uh, cysts, fibroids, nodules in the thyroid, but they can't patent an element. Mm-hmm. Can't patents, they can't patent it. Yeah. So then the, the whole hormonal system went out of balance. I mean, is that one of the determining factors? Well, that's part of it. But the thyroid is probably the biggest question mark right now within um, the hormonal system. Yeah. And, you know, as, as a health practitioner yourself, as a coach, you know that there's there's a, a lot of um, issues with the thyroid right now. And there's a link between low thyroid and breast cancer, hypothyroidism and breast cancer. Great. Because that's what I had. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, hypothyroid. Uh, yeah. So somewhat. It was, uh, So my adrenals were, were out of whack. Um, and uh, it was a cause of stress and, you know, caffeine that I was drinking all the time. And it was just, you know chaotic so i you know i don't like to say adrenal fatigue because they think that that's not really a, a term mm-hmm. um but yeah the adrenals kind of were out of whack and um they took the thyroid test and i was hypothyroid mm-hmm. yeah well, you might mention to those out there that to get a thyroid test <clears throat> if you're just going through um conventional screening they're not going to do all your th right. factors and you really need to go to uh, someone who's doing more functional medicine and you should explain what functional medicine is. Oh yes. I, I already did before, but yes, I will do it again. So functional medicine, because there is, 
There is um, a, a difference, obviously, from functional medicine to conventional medicine, but also functional medicine to integrative medicine. So what functional medicine is, is more or less getting to the root cause of an issue. So, you know, you could be coming, you know, a, a patient could go to a doctor for, um, let's say, a headache. So a lot of times the doctor is going to treat, like the conventional doctor is going to treat just the headache, giving them, you know, whatever they can for that headache. And this is just a, an example. But a functional medicine doctor is going to look, why is that, is asking the question, why? Why is that headache happening? And a lot of times it's, it goes back to the food. It goes back to our lifestyle, you know, the sleep, the stress, the mental, um, you know, health, uh, relationship health. Um, so it's just everything that encompasses your holistic life mm-hmm. has to do with that headache. So it's getting to that root cause and then finding that root cause and eliminating it. That'll eliminate and not put a Band-Aid on it. So, yeah, that's what a functional medicine doctor does. Right. We used to have a, a joke at Canyon Ranch. I should not have said this. No. They, they say, well, maybe you should save your first $700 because we're just going to say go home and do the elimination diet and come back. Yeah, no, exactly. Dear. No, no, no grains, no, no wheat, no gluten and no eggs or no allergens and then see how you feel in three months or whatever. And it's amazing what happens to the body when you get all those allergens out. Yeah, I did it actually um, through my school. We uh, we had to go through all of the um, I don't want to say had to, but you could, you know, once you understood the food plans and the elimination diet was one of them. you know, I, I did it for however time, I think it was, it was three weeks on, like you get three weeks that you had to eliminate everything. And then every two week, two weeks, um, reintroduce the food. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was life changing <laughs> because, uh, really I, you know, I personally, I didn't have to cut out a lot, um, because I already did. Right. It was more the eggs. Um, what else was it? The chocolate, you know, the dark chocolate. Oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> so the dark chocolate, I mean, in those two things, you know, given, um, you know, the dark chocolate maybe every now and then will give me um, acid reflux just because of the caffeine. Um, but the eggs, I don't think has did a lot to me. But yeah, I can see and understand the dairy, like we talked about, mm-hmm. how the histamines, uh, you know, kind of all of the allergies that are coming on, like people just think, oh, well, I have seasonal allergies. Well, no. What are you eating? You just put in your mouth about two hours ago. Right, exactly. Or, you know, something with your gut that's not, you know, working. If you're, I, I heard something about this, um, what was it? I don't know if it was a headache. I think that a headache that came on. Um, if a headache comes on, <clears throat> it's a sign of like right after you eat. Mm-mm-mm. It's a sign of what you ate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's definitely all goes back to what we put in our bodies and on our bodies that could prevent us from getting the, you know, breast cancer, cancer, anything. 
Um, but then, you know, having the thermography in early, you know, early years, you don't have to wait till you're 40. <clears throat> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, before I came, someone gave me food and it did have milk in it, so now I have to clear my throat. <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, I want to just touch base on this one thing um, that we you think about doing thermography. We can do it for the entire body, but we also need to see what's above the breast. We are seeing across the board drainage from the oral cavity into the lymphatic system into the breast. Oh. So, I mean, it's it's very obvious if it's uh, if there's root canals or if there's amalgams, but you know, there's other factors there um, that could be draining in there. But we have, it's like almost everybody is having some kind of drainage. Yeah. So having oral health is so important. Having your teeth cleaned is so important. <coughs> Excuse me. I just went to a biological dentist yesterday. Now there's a difference between a biological dentist and a regular dentist because they're not going to use toxic materials and they use okay. stone and um, root canals. If uh, there's a movie called root cause, it was censored off uh, Netflix within a week and it is the history and the science on root canals. Hmm. And I thought with a dentist, it's very squeamish, but um, I work with uh, several doctors that they keep this movie running constantly in their waiting room but again, um, there's a constant drainage into the lymphatic system. And there are teeth set on meridian points. So on each tooth, there's, a, there's an organ system. But then <clears throat> there's one just for the breast. But you have to think about the, the, uh, the systems that go in the front of the body and the lymphatic system, because we really know nothing about the lymph. You know, it's like an invisible system. It doesn't have a heart to pump it. So most of us are sedentary because we don't move around and our bras hold it tight the underwire stops right at one of the major lymphatic uh, stations there so there's a lot of toxicity in the breast just from the back up of lymph wow wow and the dental, and the dental health who so, knew that it all encompassed like oh e like everything yeah in fact um wow. we're almost don't want to do just breast exams anymore, but at least the upper body so we can see what's coming out of the mouth. Yeah. It's having, a, it's having an impact on the breast health. Wow. This is a lot of great information, Patricia. This I is great. A lot. I know it's a lot. No, I mean, it's, it's great information. This is something that I think we all, women and men, need to know this, too, because, um, you know, it's just, we we need to get out of the dark ages. We need to understand that, you know, radiation is bad. You know, it, it's it's just, it's just what it is. You know, it's bad. So why are we subjecting ourselves every year, getting these mammograms, only to get worse? Well, let me say something, honey. If a man had to put his yes testicles between two pieces of cold steel, yeah, that's like a pancake. <laughs> Do you really think that system would continue? No, 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 no. I I agree with that. So I I could talk to you forever about this. This is this is something that you know is near and dear to my heart because this is in my family. Um, you know, something that I'm gonna have to do a lot more prevention in. You know, do a lot more um, screenings and everything else. So. Um, 
I am definitely going to a, a thermography, a thermographist, however you say that. <laughs> um, next time I won't go to um, get mammograms anymore because you need to follow that up with an anatomical study. So it would be okay. An ultrasound with a thermography. Ultr- ultrasound. <laughs> and I did have an ultrasound before with the mammogram, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. But, you can opt out and just say, you know, I'll, I'll sign a waiver. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work with, I found the nurse practitioners around my area that will work with women and just uh, write a prescription for an ultrasound. Okay. And there's something called advanced three and 4D ultrasound. I know we have it in New York city. I think Albany, New York just got it, but it's some, it's a, it's an advanced that can see through dense breasts. And I would only suggest a woman go there if she was facing a biopsy or something and she couldn't see what they were trying to find because dense breasts is like looking for a snowball in a snowstorm. So on a mammogram, the connective tissue, which again is not abnormal, it's just more connective tissue, glandular tissue, it comes up white. But tumors are white. They can't see it. That's why 80% of biopsies for dense-breasted women come up as false positives because the good news is it's false positives but they can't see it, so the woman's traumatized because she's been biopsied, and they keep saying, come back, come back. But the 3 and 4D ultrasound is so exact that it can actually almost take the place of a biopsy. Hmm. So I went in for my thyroid, for the parathyroid, to see, and it was the size of a, almost like a, a sesame seed. It was so tiny. And he said, there's no vascular vascularity to it. You're, it's fine. But oh, wow. exact it is. Wow. Okay. Three forty advanced ultrasound. Three forty advanced. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Patricia. This has been such a wealth of knowledge. You Love can, it. I'm Love. totally passionate about what I do. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> I'm so I'm so impassioned with it. Yes. Health is our number one priority. Yes. Like, we want to be driving that classic Mercedes, right? No, oh, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> or Taurus. We don't want to be trying that. No, 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 no. Give Sorry, me that Mercedes oh. any day. Yes. And health is, is you know, we're going through a health crisis now. We so are. health should be at the forefront. Can so. I tell you that we are busiest than we've ever been? Good. Because people are speaking up about their health now. Because they realize how vital this for, for for their life and their lifestyle. I mean, breast cancer, when it touches a woman's life, they said that, get this, $17 billion is spent every year on breast cancer research. 1% to 3% spent on um, prevention. Mm-hmm. $18 billion is spent on breast cancer. 18, and it now has hit $20 billion this year alone. A lot of that is out-of-pocket expenses. So it's mm-hmm. wrecking women's lives. Yeah. It's the most, it's the most, you know, a woman can have liver cancer, she'd have colon cancer. But when it comes to our breasts, this is who we are. This is what defines us as women. Yeah. And it is it is a hard place to have cancer. But you yeah. know what? We don't have to be a statistic because eight out of ten cancers now are coming from toxins. And they said it's going to increase 30% in the next 10 years. So why are we not talking about this? Yeah. You definitely have to do that. It's about detoxing. Ditch that underwire bra. Start being... Aware, read what you're looking, read, read what you're eating, stay away from plastics. And the other thing you said about the skin is that almost every cosmetic that's out there, because <clears throat> remember, I was a makeup artist. I have a very mm-hmm. toxic makeup kid, mm-hmm. but um, face cream, 
um, uh, body cream, uh, cheek color, eyeshadow, um, fake tan, I forget, hairspray, they're all endocrine disruptors. So it has to be natural. If you can't eat it, don't put it on your skin. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Cannot agree more. So where can people find you? Okay. My um, my website is Patricia Lucardi, L-U-C-C-A-R-D-I dot com. And I am with um, Breast Thermography International. We're the leading interpreters in the country, and we're all over the country. So you can go to btiscan.com. stands for Breast Thermography International. btiscan.com. And um, that's how they can find me. Oh, and the name of my book? Yes. Yes. Tell us about your book. Look, it's um, Thermography and the Fibrocystic and Dense Breast, a Radiation-Free Survival Guide to Happy healthy breast nice and any and they can pick it up anywhere like obviously amazon yeah it's on amazon okay great it's a self-published book it's not it's not a definitive on breast cancer it's a guidebook because you know what who's got time to read a book these days but you actually read it in about an hour and 10 minutes an hour and 20 minutes great it's a fast read but there's a lot there's a lot of uh, resources in there Great. So, yes, definitely have to pick that up. So I just want to acknowledge you. You know, what you're what you're doing, your passion definitely shows through. Um, And you're just you you understand that health is so important. And I just want to acknowledge how you're stepping up and how you're helping women see that, you know, radiation is bad and it's not the only way. And um, so I just want to acknowledge you. Thank you for doing what you do. um, And thank you for being on here. But I do have one last question for you. Can you leave us with a final thought or words of inspiration? No one cares about your breasts more than you do. So take care of them. Love it. Love it. That's great. And that's true. And you want to keep them for the rest of your life. Yes, you do. That's it. Yes, that's, you do. You want to keep them for the rest of your life. They don't care about Nobody cares about your breasts as much as you do. So keep them for the rest of your life. Yes. Love it. Well, thank you again, Patricia. This has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. I enjoyed it from, you know, the get-go. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one.